This podcast is brought to you by real-life captioned eroticas. Check the link in the description for the sexy, visualized stories of your dreams. Welcome to my friend's erotic stories podcast, Reddit's best erotica. Here, you'll be indulged by listening to your daily dose of erotica from us, directly to your ear. Sit back and listen while your imagination run wild as we take you on a different experience every episode. Today, we have a featured to part episode for you, a family love that has the best build up in the entirety of all stories. This is Having Some Brie, chapters one to 11 by Jade Ocean writes, sit back and take your time. This would be a long and erotic ride. This is our Friends Erotic Stories. The next story is posted by user Jade Ocean writes, from our slash erotic stories. The title of this post is, Having Some Brie, Chapter 1. Sit back and enjoy the story. It all started when I got caught. What? Said an outraged feminine voice from behind me. On instinct, I turned around to face her, my nose still buried in a pair of used panties. My twin sister Sabrina was standing in the doorway, her sports bag slipping out of her fingers and dropping onto the floor. The fuck, she finished flatly, her eyes wildly flicking between my own. Her panties in my one hand, and my erection in my other. In my lustful stupor, I made time to notice the tight sports bra and tiny gym shorts she was wearing, as well as the thin sheen of sweat to complete the look. Please don't tell mom, I blurted. It was all that I could muster. I hadn't even begun to work out how to deal with my sister's reaction, how to even explain this, though it would have been futile anyway. It wasn't as if I could say I'd tripped into a single garment in her laundry. Get out of my room, she seethed, her face contorting in contempt and disgust. I managed to utter a dumb we share a room, Bree, before she stomped a foot and whipped a finger out of the bedroom we shared. Get out, Stefan. I at least made the wise decision to put away my still-throbbing manhood before slinking past her. After which she promptly slammed the door behind me. I was still clutching her panties, but I highly doubted she wanted them back now. I rested my forehead against a wall and cursed my stupidity. My life was over. At the very least, I'd be her dog for the rest of our lives. Hastily, I stuffed Bry's panties into my pocket. If mom saw me holding them, she'd rip me to shreds where I stood. Not like the men in our family had a stellar reputation these last months. Dad had run off with a hot young thing not much older than me and Bree. Mom had won custody of the two of us. Guess dad didn't want us kids interrupting his time with Jessica. However, in an insane turn of events, he'd kept the house in the divorce, forcing the three of us to move out. Mom had scrambled to find this place, a two-bedroom apartment with walls like paper, which brought me and my sister to our current predicament of sharing a room. Thank Christ we at least had our own beds. It was about half an hour later when Bree opened the door. Get in here, she snapped after giving me a baleful look that indicated she was surprised I was still there. She changed into more comfortable clothes and apparently opted to wipe herself down rather than walk past me to the bathroom. Her dark hair was still in a tight ponytail, and it swished when she jerked her head, directing me to sit on my bed, which I obeyed. Afraid to meet her critical gaze, I stared at my fingers as they fidgeted in my lap. And after she closed the door we stayed silently like that for what felt like years. Finally, she broke the tension. Then I guess I'll start, she bit out. What the hell were you doing? I thought the answer was obvious. I never understood girls need to hear it from the horse's mouth. Everybody knows the truth. Let's move past it. I stayed silent. Do you even have a good excuse? Yeah, I've been cooped up for three months in this apartment with two women and nowhere to jack off. Also, you're sexy as hell, and I didn't think a few wanks with your underwear was hurting anyone. No, I mumbled. She was quiet for so long that I actually looked up to see her expression. She had been studying me, and as soon as our eyes met she snapped out of it and continued in a stern manner. Then I think it goes without saying that you'll be doing all my chores from now on. Bree said, except my laundry. I'll be handling that exclusively. Thank you very much. When I didn't object, she hugged her arm to her side bashfully. Um, is that the first time you did that? Of course, I stammered. Don't flatter yourself, sis. You're really not all that. She gave me a skeptical look, but not before something flickered in her eyes. I was just going nuts cause there's no damn privacy in this house. You could do it in school, she said icily. Her temper had gone from explosive to unnervingly frigid within a single minute. Was it something I'd said? Or a restaurant toilet? 
or a shopping mall changing room, or literally anywhere else, and you didn't need any accessories when you did it. As she let that last statement sink in, we were both silent again. She had me there. How the hell was I gonna spin this? As my mind raced, I realized I could and needed to draw a distinction in the motivation of my actions. Better she think I was just into panties than what I actually liked. I just needed some real stimulation. I manage. Lately, all the guys at school have been talking about this weird-ass trend in Japan. Guys buying used panties from schoolgirls eat now. I guess I was just horny enough to fixate on the idea. All right. Brie glared at me before huffing and breaking eye contact. Anyway, all my chores minus laundry. Got that. I'll think of the rest later. Wait, the rest? I balked. You got something to say? She snapped. No, wait, yes. There needs to be some kind of limit. Excuse me, you think you're in a position to negotiate. Nothing illegal, I pressed on. No hurting other people, and nothing that can get me seriously hurt. You have a lot of rules for a filthy pervert. She sneered. So what, you were just gonna blackmail me for the rest of my life? Yeah, she stated matter-of-factly. When I gave her my best puppy dog look, she rolled her eyes and said, Fine. You'll be my genie. Chores aside, you have to do three things I ask. Then I'll let this go and promise not to tell anyone. Don't look so relieved just yet. She Saturday on the edge of her bed and crossed her legs. First one, wash and kiss my feet. Wait, what? I almost choked on the words. Also, that's two things. She raised an eyebrow, daring me to defy her. I slumped to the bathroom in defeat, returning with a bath sponge and a plastic tub full of soap water. What had I gotten myself into? I knelt at her feet and tentatively reached for one of them. They were smooth and dare I say elegant. I wasn't really into feet, but she had some very cute toes that made me think of a kitten's footpads. I squeezed water over it before beginning to scrub. Gentler, ass, she barked. Sheesh. Running the sponge slower across her skin, I think I felt the atmosphere in the room change. Despite what had happened not more than an hour ago, this situation we were in was surprisingly intimate. As I washed between her toes and rubbed down her ankles, I couldn't help but notice her breathing had changed. Or was that mine? Her skin was incredibly smooth, her legs just a supple lengths of pale flawless marble. Her muscles were toned well, a result of three years in gymnastics. And yet the small amount of fat she had been unable to burn off left her calves soft and ready for a good squeeze. But it was all no surprise to me. I'd noticed how bewitching my sister had become even before our 18th birthday. A month after the divorce, she'd always been gorgeous, but lately it was too much for me to keep inside. Are you hard? Brie asked quietly. Shit. She'd noticed before I had, but she wasn't angry for some reason. Regardless, I tried to turn my lower body away to the side while I finished up the foot wash. When it was over, I dried my hands and her feet before kneeling back down in front of her. Now freshly washed, I was less reluctant than I would have been if she had asked me to kiss her sweaty gym feet. I took a deep breath before letting my lips and her foot meet halfway. I heard a shallow gasp from above and figured she was satisfied with it so far. Hopefully this would count as a successful strike off the three wishes she planned to claim. I had to admit, her feet were pretty. It seemed like tons of people were into them, and I was beginning to see the appeal. I almost shook my head to snap out of it, as if I didn't already have enough fetishes, as it was. She raised her other foot, reminding me to distribute my attention equally between left and right, while my fingers ran across her heels and soles as I brushed my lips across the tops. Brie whispered, just like that. Taken aback, I glanced up at her. She was looking down her nose at me, but not in disdain like the more submissive guys online seemed to enjoy. She had an expression of contentment and something else. When she saw me watching, her eyes angrily whipped down to her feet in a directive to continue. After maybe 10 minutes, Brie cleared her throat and announced, All right, that's enough. She stood up stiffly and grabbed a change of clothes before marching out of the room and down the hall without another word. I ran my hands down my face and sighed. I could still smell the soap on my skin. What the hell was that just now? I dreaded seeing what the next few days brought. Part 2 of the story titled, Having Some Brie, by user, Jade Ocean Eyes. Sit back and enjoy the story. What up, Steph, said a guy with short dirty blonde hair fresh out of a hurricane. I dropped myself unceremoniously into the bus seat next to him. Our home had once been within walking distance of school, and occasionally Bree and I would walk together in the mornings. As things were now, with money being so tight, 
There was no way we could afford to live near a school zone. At least now I could take the bus with my best friend. Hey Drew, I sighed. Drew scrutinized me quizzically. We'd been best friends since second grade, and he knew whenever I was out of it. After what had happened yesterday, I think my current mood qualified. The hell's wrong with you? He asked tactfully. Dude, don't even ask, I said into my hands. When I looked back up at him, he had some kind of mischief across his face. What? Got something to do with her? He asked, jerking his head toward my sister who had boarded after me. Cause she was staring daggers at you, bro. What did you do? What do you mean, what did I do? We had a fight, that's it. Half-truths worked wonders. Usually, Drew was having none of it. Teftit came his immediate retort. I've seen you after a fight with her. Guys don't look like you after a fight with any woman, unless they fucked up. So spill it. I groaned. Dude, can you just drop it? I'll tell you some other time. Yeah, right. Thankfully, he shrugged and readjusted his legs in his seat. He was a tall guy, but was still a benchwarmer on the basketball team due to how lanky he was. It seemed no matter how much he worked out, he couldn't gain any muscle mass. So eventually he just gave up. I wasn't exactly ripped either, but I still had a respectable amount of muscle. Our swim coach had told us to stay conditioned over the summer, and while I'd tried to stay in shape, we'd been too busy with the divorce and everything for me to get some swimming time in. Bri's wearing a lot today, Drew commented. It's sweltering. The hell is she doing in a sweater? Probably trying to cover up because she feels vulnerable after she caught me smelling her small clothes. I gave him a distasteful look. You're checking her out again or something. I thought you were over my sister. Persistence is sexy to girls. Yeah, okay. When you get locked up as a sex offender, I'm not visiting. Just saying, Sabrina's fucking hot. Because of the sweater. Sure, he gave me a sly wink. I sighed in disgust. Never gonna happen, but... Persistence, my dude. No guy liked the thought of their best friend getting with their sister, regardless of the guy's own feelings for her. I suppose it was fair to say that my protectiveness for Brie was twofold. But I managed to keep it reined in and luckily Drew dropped it afterward, spending the rest of our ride to school talking about the latest basketball stats. I barely heard him. Not because I had no interest in hoop. I didn't, but because my mind had reeled me back to last night. After the foot wash, my bladder had finally caught up with my brain and decided to try and make me wet myself. I had shuffled to the bathroom, only to remember that Brie was still in there, most likely taking a shower. I didn't want to risk pissing her off by demanding she let me in, but as I stood there contemplating whether to relieve myself in the kitchen sink or somewhere outdoors, I overheard something. Brie was most definitely not taking a shower in there. My bladder suddenly went silent as my brain seemingly stalled. Was she really playing with herself? After I'd kissed her feet, holy shit, my mind raced with ideas on how to use this information, foremost of which was the opportunity to blackmail her back and get out from under her thumb. But to do that, the information I had needed to be greater in potential embarrassment than me jacking off to her panties. This wasn't enough. And either way I'd need evidence. Maybe a method of disseminating it. Oof, poor choice of words. Then I decided to play it smarter. There was a better way to leverage this discovery. I just needed to play my cards right. And timing was important. That night I had trouble falling asleep. Bree had issued a threat of castration if I tried anything funny and slept with her back to me. Because we now shared a room, I had to dress more conservatively to bed. The heat of summer still lingered. And I threw my covers aside while I thought about everything that happened that day. A guy and a girl in the same bedroom. During puberty, something awkward was bound to happen sooner or later. Mom had brightly suggested it would be akin to a trial run for roommates. If we went to college, with what money, I thought. Bree and I were 18 now. No child support checks. Mom had to take a second job and was looking for a third and Bree and I each worked part-time. She in a clothing store. I in an electronics store. I didn't know a thing about computers, but I could at least visually tell between models. And it certainly beat flipping burgers. So until things started looking up, we were stuck in a room together. I cast a glance back over at Brie. Fuck. She'd kicked off her covers too. She was still on her side. And her ass was looking me straight in the eye. I had to flood my thoughts with warnings of castration to keep my cool. I didn't sleep a wink, my head echoing the entire night with my sister's whisper. Just like that. I damn near fell out of my seat when Drew started yelling at me to move my fat ass out of the way so he could get off the bus. After school and swim practice I walked to work, saying hello to the only other guy on shift with me. Bree had been running through my thoughts all day, and I was ready for a distraction. 
A female customer was thankfully happy to oblige, and I spent the rest of the afternoon trying to decipher if her son's gaming console was made by Microsoft, Sony, or Nintendo. By the time I got home I was exhausted, and then I remembered it was trash day, and mom was going to be home late, so I had to cook. Fuck, I muttered as I walked into my room and threw my bag on my bed. Brie looked up from hers, our laptop sitting on the mattress in front of her. Mom had begged me to sell mine, because I'm the guy, right? I was the new man of the house. I had to make sacrifices to take care of my family. I had protested for appearances sake, but the truth was that it felt empowering. Hey, perv, she said with a devilish smirk. Mom's gonna be late again today, which means you need to. I know, I groaned. Don't make me spit in your food. I have some really juicy gossip for mom if you do. She replied, sticking a foot out and wiggling her toes at me. What? You're gonna make me suck your toes next. I jived. Never knew you were such a freak. Savvy? I'm not the one who got caught sniffing panties. Steffi, she shot back. We glared at each other before bursting out laughing. We hated being called those names. More specifically, we were the only ones who used them on each other. Typically to piss each other off. It was something we kept just for ourselves. I figured if there was ever a time somebody body snatched one of us and tried to impersonate us. That would be the way to tell the real twin from the fake. Is spaghetti okay with you, my mistress? I joked. Her eyes lit right up. Well, that was a mistake. Ooh, I like that, she announced enthusiastically. No, I cut her off before she could continue, walking toward the kitchen. I wasn't gonna actually wish for that, she called after me. But you were thinking about it, I yelled back. I heard her giggling to herself and smiled, glad we were still on good terms and she was taking the whole situation well. It surprised me, honestly. As I was pouring sauce onto our pasta, she came out into the living room and waggled the remote. You up for another episode? This past year, it seemed all the television shows had decided to air in the same six-month period, leaving a sudden drought of things to watch in autumn. None of the new seasons had started yet, which left us stuck watching a series Brie loved about the Regency or Renaissance. I could never get them figured out. All I knew was the actors spoke in British accents and threw lots of mask balls. Sure, I said over my shoulder. I love sleeping on the couch. She threw a throw pillow at the back of my head, which seemed apt. I chuckled and brought our dinner over to her. And we settled in before starting the show. Five minutes in and I was already lost, which was impressive because the first minute was a recap of the previous episode and the second was the opening. Oh, my... God, Brie muttered. She's gonna go to the party anyway. She was absently shoveling spaghetti into her mouth. Enwrapped with the unfolding drama. Why is that a big deal? I asked, confused. I don't know why I bothered trying to follow the plot. Maybe it was her enthusiasm. She looks so happy summing things up for me that I just let her talk. Because her father forbade her from going because she's already betrothed to the other guy. What other guy? The Duke. Brie, there's like ten dukes in this thing. The one with the toupee-looking hair. Yeah, but who cares? It's just one party, but she's gonna go, so she's gonna meet that handsome young guy. And, and he's her long-lost brother. Oh shit. Yeah, I swear, pop culture was becoming saturated with incest. After some crazy medieval series kicked the trend off, interest, or, at the very least, awareness, had skyrocketed. Now the homepage of every pornographic website was plastered with step-family taboo. They hid behind the step bullshit, but everybody knows what people really want. When the dark aspects of my fantasies come out to play, I like to blame my fetish on this fad. But as I watched Brie watch the cereal, face full of pasta, I knew what was really going on. Getting into deep, Steph, we watched as the young woman danced with her brother, both wearing ball masks, both pretending that they didn't know who they were dancing with. By now Brie was done with her food. And I lifted the plate off her cross legs and set it on the coffee table before she could tip it over and smear tomato sauce everywhere. I did the same with mine and shuffled closer to her, spreading my arms across the back of the couch. Brie was leaning toward the TV, barely blinking as the couple on screen flirted. She suddenly gasped and began frantically patting my thigh. What? What? I demanded. He's gonna kiss her, she hissed. And that he did. Their lips met and the rest of the actors dropped out of sight as the lights darkened save for a spotlight remaining on the couple. I even saw tongue and concluded that there was no way this thing was historically accurate. Besides, French kissing was invented in France, right? Then I noticed Bry's hand. It was resting lightly on my thigh. Still there after all the padding earlier. 
I inhaled sharply, but already my member was stiffening. I glanced up at Bree to see if she was aware of what she was doing. She had a look of longing on her face as she watched the siblings make out. Her breaths were long and deep, as if in a trance, and her fingers began lightly squeezing my leg. Just enough to go from resting on it to holding it. But then all the lights came back on, and the girl's father stormed into the room, ripping her from her brother's arms and dragging her away. Bree let out a quiet no, before curling up against me, hands clenched into fists against my chest. I swallowed, feeling like I had a brick in my throat. What the hell was happening? And then the episode ended on that cliffhanger. What? That's it? Bree screamed, sitting up straight. Motherfucker. She flopped back and rested her head against my shoulder, eyes shut in exasperation while whining sadly. Then, seemingly for the first time, she noticed how we were sitting. She flew off me as if launched, scrambling to her feet and then casually sweeping her hair out of her face. Internally I breathed a sigh of relief. I'd been dangerously close to doing something I would regret. But she'd felt so soft and warm. Gick know what, I'll get the dishes tonight. She stammered, snatching them up and heading for the sink. Fleeing the scene, I see. I watched her go, frowning. She was walking strangely, rubbing her legs together as she went. Seemed the little hints I'd noticed yesterday were right on the dot. These feelings I had for my sister, they weren't a one-way street. I need to use the computer. I'm using it, Bree replied. I have homework, Bree. Come on day, give it. You can use it in the morning, before school. Are you serious? I folded my arms. Is this one of your wishes? No, this is me being a stubborn sister. Now piss off. I yelled in frustration and walked out. Needed to take the trash out anyway. When I got back she was still working. And I figured if I was only getting my turn on the laptop in the morning. I should get a head start on sleep. I went to brush, then turned out the lights and went to bed. Bree continued working in the dark for maybe another hour before closing it and setting it on the desk. Then going to bed herself. I was going to need a prescription for my new insomnia. I lay in bed awake, Bree on her side facing away again. My mind wandered, sifting through all the information I had, confirming Bri's feelings had been easier than expected. Lightning fast, actually. It was as if seeing me with her panties, and therefore realizing my attraction for her, had unlocked something inside her, as if she could finally let some of her own fantasies seep out when her guard was down. Ugh, if I didn't get any sleep tonight's in a row, I'd be dead on my feet. It didn't help that Bree kept shifting her position, the covers incessantly rustling, and then I heard the faintest moan. My eyes went wide and I looked over at her. There was absolute silence. Even her bedclothes weren't rustling anymore. Had I just imagined it? I lay back down and exhaled deeply, trying to clear my head. A few minutes later the rustling started back up, and her breaths were shallow. Mind you, I didn't make a habit of listening to my sister's breathing while she slept. Even after my fantasy had festered, that was just too much. The only people who listened to each other breathe at night were people sharing a bed, right? I didn't want to be that far gone just yet. Yep, she was definitely touching herself. I supposed it was possible that she'd gone these past three months as frustrated as I was. Now this was the second time in today's that I knew of. At home, at least. Her moaning got a little louder, and again she suddenly stopped, most likely afraid she'd wake me up. Jokes on her. I rolled the covers off myself, leaving them piled between her and my manhood, which was standing at attention and reporting for duty. This way I wouldn't rustle, and I could expose myself without her seeing anything if she looked over. Of course, I executed everything far more stealthily than she did. Men were undisputed champions of masturbating under the radar, thanks to years of training. My friends and I once joked about guy things, and they all attested that they could do the deed in complete silence. With not even a face twitch, Wrapping my fingers around my cock, I began stroking it to the same beat as what I could hear of her rhythm. I closed my eyes and imagined that we were feeling the same thrusts. She looked so beautiful in my mind's eye, riding on top of me and digging her fingers into my hair. We breathed as one and we moved as one, mirror images of each other. I could feel myself getting close, and realized I had to leave it at this. If I bust a nut on myself, I'd either have to clean it up and possibly interrupt Bry's fun or let it dry on me and deal with it in the morning. Neither sounded ideal. I sighed and set my sex down on my belly, listening to my sister near her climax. Quicker rustling. Unrestrained moans. A hitch in breath. Sporadic rustling. Shaky breaths through clenched teeth. Into long, increasingly deep breaths. Into a satisfied sigh. I relished it all, wishing I could finish myself off. 
wishing I could go over there and slip under the sheets with her, wishing I could make her mine. But I was the genie. I didn't get to make my own wishes until I was free. Part 3 of the story titled, Having Some Brie, by user, Jade Ocean Eyes. Sit back and enjoy the story. I woke up early, as planned. It didn't seem the sun had been up for very long, and I was appropriately feeling like shit, pulling myself out of bed, and indeed, almost collapsing onto the floor immediately. I trudged to the bathroom to freshen up before settling down at the desk in front of the laptop. I grabbed the coursework out of my bag and checked the sources I needed before flipping the screen up. Bree was still logged in, and she hadn't left it open on Wikipedia. It was porn. Dozens and dozens of tabs open across a handful of separate browser windows, a window for each medium of porn. I couldn't help but browse through all of it. There was a window of porn videos, a window of hand-drawn explicit artwork, a window of erotica, perhaps the one containing the most tabs. Then there was stuff I didn't even know existed. Pornographic audio files, download sites for 3D rendered porn games, and the genre they all had in common screamed at me with such intensity that for a moment I actually thought it'd wake Brie. Incest. Brother-sister incest. I gulped and quickly logged out of her account before typing in my password. So that's, that's what she was doing last night, and why she was so adamant of me waiting my turn. I looked over at her sleeping form, now sprawled inelegantly on top of her duvet. Had she gotten off to thoughts of me, my head spun with possibilities. I was so distracted that I still wasn't done with my homework by the time Brie woke. She yawned and stretched, then groaned and just Saturday there in bed with her eyes closed, acclimating to the thought of another day of school. Morning, she grumbled. Ahem, uh, morning, came my response, sounding strangled and guilty all at once. She paid it no mind, getting out of bed with a sniff and heading to the bathroom. Two days ago I was plotting how to seduce my sister, or at least nurture an interest in the idea of incest. I just realized I didn't plan for what came after. What was I supposed to do now? I dropped my head into my hands, reprimanding myself for how fucked up I was to begin with. Brie burst into the room, making me jerk back and fall out of the chair. Did you see what was on the computer? She demanded. Fucking Christ, what the fuck, Brie? I barked, picking myself up. What did you see when you opened the laptop? She asked, clearly agitated. She was well aware of what was left open on the computer last night. The fucking lodge and screen, I lied with an edge of irritation. She visibly calmed, and I decided I had to tease her to avoid suspicion. Why were you watching, like, porn or Samethi? Of course not. Then, why were you so worried I'd see it? I leaned forward against the chair smugly. The act came easily. I was genuinely entertained by watching her sweat over this. She turned so red I thought she was about to blow a gasket. She finally settled on screaming, God, you're such an idiot before storming back to the bathroom. And I chuckled. I wrapped up my work and got changed, then found mom in the kitchen cooking breakfast. Morning, mom. Morning, sweetheart, she said over her shoulder. She looked good for her age, both her face and her body, but the divorce had put gray in her hair. As I took a seat at the table, I felt my temper flare up at what our father had done to us. Bree joining us snapped me out of it, thankfully. I tried not to dwell on dad, but sometimes it just snuck up on me. Morning, mom, Bree said, avoiding looking in my direction. Morning, baby, she replied, setting down to plates of sausage and eggs. Did you find dinner in the microwave? I asked. Oh yes I did. Thank you so much. She kissed the side of my head before starting to wash the frying pan. You're not eating? Bree asked. Oh I'll just have a granola bar. Mom nodded to the box on the counter. Listen, kids, I'm gonna be late again tonight. So don't wait up? All right. Before either of us could say anything, she whipped a granola bar out, grabbed her bag and was headed out the door. See you, kids. Don't be late for school. Just like that, she was gone, leaving us speechless. We locked eyes and both shook our heads sadly at how hard she was working to support us. I need the laptop today, Bree announced after breakfast. I've got English. Yeah, do you? I grinned mischievously, and she punched my arm. She probably figured, as I hoped that if I really had seen what was on the computer, I would have said something about it. Therefore her secret was safe, and I was just making typical sibling jabs at her expense. But I knew, and if I was gonna make this work, I'd have to rid the terrain from now on. Where's that sexy ass sister of yours? Drew, I swear to God. One of these days, I'm gonna punch your goddamn lights out. The prick gave me his best shit-eating grin, 
and when I jumped to my feet he took off toward the schoolyard, with me chasing him out of the cafeteria. After several minutes of cat and mouse, we finally collapsed back in front of our lunches. Still can't catch me, Steph, Drew gloated. Using stilts is cheating, dumbass, I fired back. Now it's cause of those fish legs of yours, he chuckled. I threw a shred of my burger bun at his head, and he laughed some more. Ugh, how old are you guys? Bree said as she stopped at our table. She was holding her lunch tray, seemingly having just gotten to the cafeteria. Her best friend Lexi was standing beside her, tossing her honey blonde hair over her shoulder and beaming at me. Hey boys, Lexi purred, sliding onto the bench next to me. Mind if we join you? A bit late to ask that, so she was obviously not taking no for an answer. Bree sat her day down beside Drew, and he waggled his eyebrows at me. I gave a withering look in response. Lexi decided to take pity on you and join you guys at the loser's table. Bree explained, and Drew scoffed in mock offense. I'll have you know, my dear, he said, affecting maybe the worst English accent I've ever heard, that we find gentlemen are each a member of athletic teams representing this esteemed institution of ours. Or at least I am. He gave me a provoking wink, and Bree shook her head with a look that said boys will be boys. How often is bouncing a ball gonna save your life? Pencil legs. I shot back, and Lexi giggled. She was sitting pretty close to me. Make that very close. Our shoulders were almost touching, and I could see Bree watching that distance from behind her chicken sandwich. Well, I think swimming is great, Lexi gushed. It works your whole body, and being a lifeguard is a noble job. She leaned into me then, and something in her eyes. Was she hitting on me? She was the flirty type, but she never showed any actual interest before. I was wondering what changed and was about to tell her that lifeguards required special training that I didn't have. When Bree stood up abruptly, I should probably study in case there's a quiz, she bit out before trotting away. Drew looked after her in disappointment, but as I watched her go I caught Lexi smirking mischievously. I didn't do anything and somehow had still gotten into something messy. Fuck. I was lying on my bed, bored out of my mind. I didn't have work, and Drew was spending the weekend with his family. Dinner was cooked, ready to just be reheated. I'd sold my gaming console to help cover costs. During the move, anything to help mom out during those first few weeks. And I think it contributed to me losing my mind over Bree so quickly. There was nothing to do but retreat into one's own imagination which, as it turned out, had its own set of dangers. I heard the front door close, and Bree walked in, dropping her bag on the floor and herself on the bed. She lay there with her face buried in her pillow, and I chuckled. Long day? I asked. She gave a muffled response that sounded vaguely in the affirmative before turning her head so she could look at me. One I still pressed against the pillow. I'm starving. Can we eat now? I checked my watch. Bit early, but sure. And that's what you get for skipping lunch. She groaned as we both got up to go to the kitchen. Yes, mom. What was that about, by the way? I asked. Since when do you need to study for a quiz during lunch? It's nothing. She Saturday down at the table and picked at the grains in the wood. I started the microwave and leaned on the counter. Is this a nothing nothing? Or a please ask me to show that you care nothing? It's an I don't want to talk about it nothing. So shut up. Well alright then. We ate in silence and I did the dishes. She didn't suggest watching anything tonight. As I was drying my hands, it looked like she was about to say something when we heard scraping at the front door. I pulled a knife out of the block and dashed in front of Bree, holding out an arm to keep her back. She was grasping my hand and I swallowed, hoping whoever it was didn't have a gun. The door opened, and Mom stumbled in, some guy's lips latched onto her neck. The guy was kind of scrawny, but looked about college age. Mom gasped and grabbed his face before making out with him, and they wobbled over to the couch together. I was shocked, and I guess Bree was too. Mom, her head whipped over to me, then to Bree, oh, you kids are still awake. It's seven. Oh, well what are you kids doing home at seven on a Friday night? She slurred. She seemed to totally miss that I had a knife in my hand. How could she be this drunk this early in the evening? Who the hell is this guy? Bree demanded, finally coming to her senses. Oh, kids, this is Elliot. Elliot, these are my kids, Stefan and Sabrina. Uh, hi. Elliot gave us an embarrassed wave. Now why don't you to go and do whatever you teenagers do on weekends and give me and Elliot some privacy? And with that, mom stumbled to her feet and haphazardly led Elliot to her bedroom slamming the door behind them before giving a muffled squeal. I'm gonna kill him, I stated, starting to march to mom's room, when Bree caught me by the arm. Steph, she hesitated, 
Maybe we should just head out for a bit. Are you crazy? What if he hurts her? As if on cue, mom started moaning behind the closed door. Thin walls, remember? I stalked toward them and Brie pulled me back again. Steph, come on day, let's go. That motherfucker, I growled, then winced at my choice of words. You, drop the knife and let's get out of here. I don't want to hear the rest of this. I finally relented and let out a heavy sigh once we were out the front door. What if he steals something? I complained. You gonna wait out here to shank him if he does? Bree asked sarcastically. We could still hear them going at it from out here. I want to put some distance between us. And the thought of... She shuddered. I sighed again. Wanna watch a movie or something? Hopefully they're done by the time we are. Bree looked up at me wide-eyed for a moment before turning away and brushing her side-swept bangs out of her face. I haven't been paid yet. I just got paid today. Come on day, my treat. I took her hand and led her down the stairs. Didn't a movie you've been waiting for come out recently? A dream like life, she agreed. But I was gonna see it with Lexi. Well, plans changed. I smiled at her and she blushed. You're gonna hate it. It's a total chick flick. Then wake me up when it's over. I laughed, earning me a slap on the arm. Turns out she was right, to an extent. A dream like life was a romance. But it had a thriller subplot and a few good action scenes. The female lead's brother was a total badass single-handedly winning a gang fight at one point. But at the end she got kidnapped, and her lover and her brother had to go and ransom her back. It was looking pretty bleak. The lover was pinned down by gunfire, and the heroine was just seconds from getting incinerated in a furnace. Knockoff Bond villain antics. Honestly, the brother had a better shot of running to save her, but it was still suicide. Take care of my sister for me. The brother character yelled to the lover over the gunfire. Before the lover could talk him out of it, the brother ran out into the open and made a mad dash for the lever to shut the furnace off. He was almost there when a bullet went through his chest. Beside me, Bree grabbed my hand that was resting on the armrest, crushing it like a vice. There were tears in her eyes as the brother fell, his hand managing to grasp the lever and pull it down with him, shutting off the furnace. The sister was saved, and she cried as she watched her brother die through the grate in the furnace door. Then the police arrived and cleaned all the bad guys up. The film ended with the female led, and her lover having their fairy tale ending. And it reminded me of why I didn't make a habit of watching this kind of garbage. The lights came on as the credits rolled, and most of the audience began filing out of the theater house. Brie was still transfixed, her breath shallow and tear tracks on her cheeks. I put a hand on her shoulder to try and shake her out of her stupor. Hey Brie, I said gently. Movie's over. Time to go. She turned to me, fresh tears welling up and she threw her arms around my waist and buried her head in my shoulder, gulping down her sobs. Whoa, easy there. I rubbed her back, looking around to make sure we weren't making a scene. Almost everybody was gone, save a couple of staffers cleaning up and a few people chatting in the aftermath of the ending. It's okay. It wasn't real. After a moment she straightened up, wiping her face with the back of her hands. I she sniffled, before continuing indignantly. I knew it wasn't real. She turned and walked stiffly out the exit and we stepped out into the crisp evening air. Every so often I'd look over at her to make sure she was alright. So, I said casually. Enjoyed the movie. That movie sucked, she said angrily. Alrighty then. Money well spent. No, I'm sorry. She rubbed her nose and swallowed to gather herself. I liked it. It's just, why did Felix have to die? Would you rather her boyfriend died instead? Maybe, Xander was a jerk anyway. And how long did they even know each other? Bree ranted as we walked home. He's your brother, you dumb bitch. Any other guy is probably just gonna leave you brokenhearted. But I couldn't help wondering at some of the things she said ever since she caught me with her panties. And the discovery I'd made that morning should have been proof enough. I shook my head. What a wild few days it had been. Hey, she said suddenly. About mom and that guy. If that Elton asshole is still in the house... When we get there, he's dead, I muttered. Stefan, there was sternness in her voice, and I let her continue. I think we should just let it go. You've gotta be kidding. I stopped and stared at her. You want to stand by and let some random douche fuck our mom? Are you serious? If that's what she needs, Brie insisted. She let it sink in. I think, it might be her way of dealing with what happened with dad. He got a younger woman, and so she needs to prove to herself that she's still got it too. That she can nab a young guy and have meaningless sex, because somebody still finds her beautiful. But she is beautiful, I said, frustrated. It doesn't count if we say it, 
she explained. Then it doesn't count if I say it to you either. I asked softly. Her eyes went round with surprise, then looked away bashfully. Let's just get back and check on them, she said distantly. Internally I gave myself a high five for the smoothest line I'd ever delivered. But Brie had got me thinking. She was probably right. Mom needed an unbiased voice to prove her self-worth. Didn't mean I had to like it. When we got back to our apartment, Elliot was walking aimlessly around on the sidewalk. You're still here, asshole. I snarled, advancing on him. Whoa, 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 he yelped, holding his hands up in self-defense. Helen drove me here. Afterwards she kicked me out, and now I'm stuck here cause the buses stopped running around here after nine. Then call in Uber, dickwad, I said through clenched teeth. He scratched his head sheepishly. I left my phone on her nightstand. Oh, for fuck's sake, Bree muttered. Wait right here, I'll get it. She headed inside to retrieve his phone, leaving me alone with the guy who just fucked my mom. I only managed to keep it together because Bree would have been disappointed in me if I lost it on this guy. So, he began. Dude, shut the fuck up, I snapped. Don't fucking talk to me, right? Sorry. Bree came back downstairs and chucked the guy's cell phone at him. She looked a bit green around the gills. Now get the fuck out of here. I ordered, and he wisely walked down the block before calling a rideshare service. Inside, Mom was asleep in her room. Brie gave a dramatic sigh before smiling weakly at me. Jesus Christ, she murmured. I know, right? Hey, she said, stepping forward and putting her hands on my chest. I'm proud of you, for not fucking that guy up. And I think it's sweet that you're so protective. Yeah, well, gotta keep my girls safe. Her lips parted, and her fingers curled across my t-shirt. Her eyes drifted longingly to my lips before she suddenly withdrew, fidgeting behind her back as she cleared her throat. Well, it's been a long day. I think I'll turn in early, she said, and I grunted in agreement. Unlike me, she hadn't showered when she got home. While she was in the bathroom, I lay awake in the dark, reflecting on everything that was happening. It was getting to real. This wasn't a fetish anymore, and I was afraid of what would happen if we kept going down this road. There wasn't a future for whatever this was. Not realistically, anyway. I had to nip this in the bud before it blossomed into something that would ruin Bri's life. The door opened and I feigned sleep. I listened for Bree climbing into bed, but instead, she was standing near mine. Please don't climb in, I prayed. I'd lose control if she did. Steph, are you awake? She murmured. No I'm not, go to sleep. Just let this day end. She ran a finger across my cheek, and that was enough. I was off to the races. My erection tented the covers, and she gave a little gasp. I had to resist the urge to squeeze my eyes shut, which was my instinct but would have given me away. Thankfully she went to bed, and I let out the breath I was holding. Except she didn't. Her sheets began rustling, and her moans were quiet but not nearly as abashed as the previous night. There was less restraint, less inhibition, and then I heard my name on her lips. Oh, Steph, she breathed. She was facing me tonight, and when I snuck a peek at her, I could barely see in the darkness that her eyes were squeezed shut in concentration. Yes, just like that. Before I knew it, I had my hand around my cock. I had somehow slipped it out from under the covers and pointed it toward her, all without her noticing. My mind felt numb, and it seemed all the thoughts I had before she walked in went right out the window. All I could think about was how much I wanted her. Like before, I stroked to her rhythm, heart pounding with the knowledge that she had to but open her eyes to see me thinking of her while she was thinking of me. Don't stop, Steph, she moaned, and it felt like she was actually speaking to me, which spurred me on even more. And then she froze. I followed suit, eyes whipping up to meet hers. She'd seen me, neither of us moved, both just in shock that in our brazenness, we'd finally been caught. But that was part of the thrill, right? She wasn't screaming at me, and she wasn't turning away either, and my stupid dick took that as consent to keep going. I resumed stroking myself, eyes locked onto hers now. She hesitated before pulling her covers aside to reveal the tops of her thighs, then likewise continued touching herself. Not breaking eye contact. What the fuck was happening? Not a word was exchanged. Her moans stayed nonverbal, and our breathing was labored in the excitement of it all, of stepping over another line. Our strokes quickened, and it wasn't long before I couldn't hold it anymore. The sound of my seed splattering on the wood floor sounded like thunderclaps, and she immediately began spasming in response biting her pillow and letting out anguished cries of ecstasy. We lay there gasping in the afterglow of our respective climaxes. My mind felt hazy, like a layer of it had turned into brittle foam and was threatening to become mush at the slightest touch. Brie was the first to move, quickly pulling the covers back up to her chin and turning over, 
Finally the guilt hit me, and I did the same, suddenly wishing morning would never come so I could just hide in my dreams forever. But Brie was there too, radiating light like an angel and ever out of my reach as I fell into an endless pit of sin. Part 4 of the story titled, Having Some Brie, by user, Jade Ocean Eyes. Sit back, and enjoy the story. I woke up shortly before noon. It was no surprise that I'd slept for so long, seeing as I had a lot of catching up to do in that regard. I looked over at Bry's bed, which was empty, then at the stains on the floor. They were a stark reminder of what we'd done last night. We'd crossed a line. I buried my face in my hands, reprimanding myself for losing my resolve so soon after deciding to end. Whatever this was between us, now we were in deeper, and it had to stop. My thoughts were interrupted by a piercing scream, and I flew out of bed still in my boxers. I found Bree in the kitchen, staring warily at a strange man holding a mug at the sink. He looked college age, had good hair, and was slightly bigger in stature than me. But he didn't seem to be in a threatening stance. Regardless, I pulled Bree behind me, who was still in a t-shirt and pajama bottoms herself. What the fuck are you doing in my house? I roared. Helen brought me back here, he answered. I didn't know she had. Wait, are you her kids? At that moment, mom opened her door and stuck her head out. What's all this yelling? She griped. Before I could get a word out, the guy interjected, Helen, you've got kids. Is that going to be a problem? She snapped, suddenly indignant. The stranger thought about it for a moment, then shrugged and took a sip of coffee from his mug. Mom, Bree sounded about at her wit's end. Oh, kids, this is Colton. Colton gave us a casual wave before turning his attention back to his coffee. I'm sorry, but could you give the two of us the house for the day? It took me a moment to realize she was talking to me and Bree. To her credit, she at least had the decency to look embarrassed about it. Still, I couldn't believe my ears. Mom was kicking us out first thing in the morning so she could get laid. And judging by the fact that Colton was shirtless, it wasn't their first round either. I felt sick as I looked back at Colton who gave me a look that conveyed his awkwardness yet was not the least bit apologetic. Swallowing hard, I pulled Bree back to our room with me to get change. What she said last night was making a lot of sense. Mom could and would do whatever she wanted. And it was none of our business. If she was going to cut loose this weekend, I wasn't about to torture myself by sticking around. The fucking nerve, I hissed once Bree, and I were alone again. She still seemed a bit shell-shocked herself, taking small steps to her bed before sitting down. I was just gonna get a towel to clean up your. She trailed off, eyes dropping to look at the off-white spots on the floor. I cleared my throat and averted my gaze, looking instead at the contents of my closet. Let's just get the hell out of here, I managed. Distraught over what was happening, I got dressed quickly, the thought of peeping at her doing the same not even crossing my mind. Once she was adequately clothed, I snatched up her effects for her, tugging her out of our room before she even had time to apply makeup. By then, Colton was gone from the kitchen, and we could hear laughter from mom's room. I whipped to granola bars out of the box, and led Brie outside. I don't even have lipstick on, she said glumly, and I handed Brie her purse for her to dig through. She applied a soft pink before sighing, and looking out into the street aimlessly. What are we supposed to do all day? All my friends are busy, and you don't even have any friends. The fact that you can still take jabs at me must mean that you're not too traumatized by what's going on. I quipped and she gave me a wan smile. She pulled out her phone and dialed, waiting while it rang. Lex, are you doing anything today? No, it's just, I had to get out of the house she now. She paused again before glancing at me and blushing. What? No, what are you even thinking? Just, can you come and pick me up? Great, thanks Lex. You're the best. She hung up, then turned to me. But seriously, do you have anything to do today? I actually need to head into the store today, so I guess it all works out. I replied with weak optimism. You girls going shopping. Lexi came from a well-to-do family, and her parents were the absent type, leaving her with an abundance of both money and time. She kept few friends, but the close friends she did have, namely Bree, benefited from her generosity. I expected that after Bree told her what had happened with mom, Lexi would take her on a shopping spree to take her mind off it and pay for everything. Was there such a thing as a sugar? Sister, yeah, I'll see you Tony, Bree stopped short realizing the possibility that mom wouldn't be done by dinner or even breakfast tomorrow. I'll call you after work, I suggested. We'll figure things out from there. All right. She nodded her assent and we waited on the curb for Lexi to show up. She arrived in a white Mercedes Benz, a sports model. 
Back before dad had pulled his funny business, our and Lexi's families had been from similar social standings. So I knew my way around the basics of nice cars. Now I had a bus pass. I had to push my anger down with a goddamn coffee tamper as I saw the two girls off before beginning the walk to work. Saturday was a busier day. As teenagers came in to browse games and middle-aged men asked for specifications on flat screens. I was glad to hear Bry's voice over the phone when I walked out of the store. Hey, I'm done, I informed her. Have you thought about what we're gonna do tonight? Um, her awkward hesitation made me realize how what I said could be construed, and I almost hung up and rolled into a corner in shame. Yeah, Lex says we can stay with her tonight. She's buying dinner too. Yes, I could kiss her. Please don't. Anyway, where are we eating? I'll just meet you at the restaurant. We're coming to pick you up. Lex is refusing to bring us to a chain restaurant and says she knows a place. Shortly after, Lexi pulled up next to me. Bree was sitting in the back for ease of me getting in the two-door car, and I slid into the passenger seat. Hey, Steph, Lexi said. She still had that flirty lilt in her voice, and she seemed to do a once-over as I climbed in. Rough day, huh? I laughed. Guess Bree told you already. She giggled and pulled off, the car rolling smoothly down the road. Hey, thanks for your hospitality, Lexi. She waved it off. Anything for my bestie and her brother, she said with a wink. So what's for dinner? I'm starving, Bree interjected. There was a slight edge to her voice. Well I told you I was in the mood for lamb, but honestly I don't feel like going to a steakhouse. So, how does gyros sound? I gave a nod, and Bree said a curt sounds great before sitting back in her seat. I looked over my shoulder at her, and she was glaring between me and Lexi, averting her gaze when I gave her a quizzical look. Lexi was only smiling conspiratorially, and I felt the same tension as I did at lunch the day before. Dinner was uneventful, as we talked about casual subjects like school and television shows. On the drive home, Lexi perked up with a suggestion of after-dinner activities. We can catch a movie together, she said brightly. Actually, Bree and I went just yesterday, I supplied. Which one? Dream? Something? I realized, too late, that Bree was trying to signal to me to stop talking. That's right, she was supposed to see that with Lexi. Whoa, a dream-like life. Bree, we were supposed to. Lexi stopped mid-sentence, eyes wide as she looked at Bree in the rear-view mirror. For some reason we had assumed our earlier seating arrangement in the car, even though it probably made more sense for me to be in back. Wait, you'd have went to go see a dreamlike life. Neither of us answered, unsure of where Lexi was going with this. And how was it? Well, I hated it. Bree grumbled, and I chuckled. Why, what's wrong with it? Spoilers, declared Bree. Yeah, I don't care. Trailers show pretty much the whole movie anyway. So whatever. Lexi was watching Bree so intently in the rearview mirror that I began getting nervous of her road awareness. Well, they killed Felix off in the end, Bree grumbled, as if telling on the scriptwriter. Lexi gave a knowing awe before chuckling and suggesting that she drive us to her home instead. Her parents were always away, meaning she basically had the place to herself. A housekeeper came by every week to clean up and keep everything stocked. And there was some beer in the fridge. Lexi's house wasn't opulent but it was comfortable and it reminded me of our old house. Lexi went straight to the kitchen and retrieved a six-pack of bottled beer, handing one to each of us. After the events of the past few days, alcohol was a welcome cushion to dull the senses. To beers in and Lexi pulled out another six-pack and suggested we switch from chatting to playing some games. Spin the bottle, she suggested, waggling her eyebrows. Her gaze dropped to my lips, then swung to Bree. Just the three of us. Bree looked skeptical. Also, he's my brother. Gross. Alrighty then. The prude's out. Lexi beamed at me, lowering her voice to a croon. Looks like it's just the two of us, Steph. It occurred to me that Lexi wouldn't be a bad distraction from Bree. She was showing interest, which didn't happen often for me. Most of the girls bold enough to pursue guys on their own went after the football or basketball team. And the rest might as well have been nuns. If I could establish a normal and immeasurably healthier relationship with Lexi... It could help me get over whatever I felt for Bree. You can't play spin the bottle with just a player's. Lex? Bree snapped. Sure you can. With a mischievous grin, Lexi grabbed an empty bottle and took me by the arm, dragging me over to sit by the coffee table. Bree followed without a word, sitting down angrily with us. Hey ma'am, so you're in after all. Okay then. And relax. Lexi waved a taunting finger at Bree. There's only a one-third chance of you and Steph getting paired. Otherwise it'd be you and me. At this, Bree colored a bit. Or me and Steph, 
Her color deepened. Wasn't that math wrong? I was probably drunk enough to not correct her. By this time I was anxious to start, and I waved them off before grabbing the bottle and giving it a twirl. It glided on the table before stopping. Its tip pointed straight at my twin. Your statistics can kiss my ass. Bree muttered fiercely, stealing a glance at me before looking away shyly. Lexi, however, looked delighted at the results of the first spin. Sorry, Bree, she said, sounding anything but. Rules are rules though. Pucker up. Now, I might have had a bit too much by this point to really say no to Lexi's goading. But I was ashamed to admit it didn't even take all that. Bree turned back to look at me again in alarm when I approached her, and I seized the chance to hook a finger under her chin. Her eyes were round as saucers, and I failed to notice her lack of resistance when I brought my lips to hers. I do remember, however, how she let out the cutest little moan when I first kissed her. It was gentle, just the lightest of brushes, and yet it felt as if the whole world had dropped out of existence around us like in her romance serial. When our brief kiss ended, she seemed out of breath and awaiting more. A look of longing in her eyes when she opened them. Apparently coming to her senses, she jerked away and straightened her ponytail. Lexi had the same kind of satisfaction on her face as a predator watching its prey walk straight into its jaws before gesturing for Bree to take her spin. When the bottle landed on Lexi, I watched boggle-eyed as Lexi very nearly jumped Bree, grabbing both sides of her face and planting a big one on her. But it didn't stop there. Soon I could see their tongues dancing together, and I knew for sure that I was drunk. I mean, this couldn't really be happening, right? Wait, no, that was from hallucinogenics. Bree had her hands on Lexi's shoulders, but it didn't seem like she was trying very hard to push her away as they made out. Watching their sapic display, I couldn't help but become aroused, and I shifted a bit to hide my hardness. Finally they parted, Lexi moaning indulgently before taking her seat back on her side of the table. Bree looked to be in a slight state of shock, and she didn't register Lexi spinning the bottle until the latter squealed with glee when it stopped at me. Come here, Stefan, Lexi cooed. Crooking a finger at me, Bree looked like she was about to be sick, but this was for the best. We needed our bizarre relationship to end, and Lexi was the perfect out. I felt a flash of guilt, feeling like I was taking advantage of my sister's friend. But the delighted expression on her face made that emotion fade quickly. Putting her hands on my chest, she pushed me against the sofa before straddling my legs. All the better to kiss me with. Leaning down, she wasted no time locking lips before giving me a little experimental lick. Stefan. A word. Lexi looked over her shoulder and I followed her gaze. Bree was on her feet, body tense and trembling. Like a languid cat, Lexi climbed off me and waved me off, and Bree led me into one of the bedrooms. As soon as the door was closed, she shoved me into it, bitter anger making her bite her lip to maintain her composure. Bree, what the hell is your problem? I scolded. Second wish, she said in a broken voice, ignoring me, no looking at other girls, no talking to other girls, no touching other girls, and absolutely no kissing other girls. With each sentence she got closer, until she was right up in my face. You're really bad at counting, I remarked. Each time, your wish is actually a bunch of stuff. You're technically at six now. That's the wish. I'm covering everything. All right. Everything. Bree, this has to stop. Whatever this is between us. Whatever we've been doing. You started this, she almost wailed, backing away from me. You set all this in motion, and now it's your burden to bear. So be a man and see it through. Tears were running down her face and her lip was quivering as much as her voice was. Her hands were scrunching the hem of her shirt, unintentionally pulling the neckline down as she tried to maintain control of her feelings. It wasn't working. Sabrina, what do you think is gonna happen? My voice was calm and steady. It seemed that the intense emotions had sobered the both of us. There's no happy ending to seeing this through. Felix has to die. She gasped, looking more hurt than I could bear. Before I could say anything, she croaked, fine, no more wishes. I release you. She tried to storm past me and open the door, but I leaned against it and grabbed her arm. Can we at least work this out like adults? I pleaded. Let go of me, Steffi. It's over, just like you wanted. She shook her head in denial, biting back more tears. I just thought maybe it'd be better for both of us if I just started pursuing other. She's my best friend, Stefan. Out of everyone, and you just, right in front of me. She began crying in earnest, sobbing uncontrollably, forcing the words out with heaving breaths. I can't do it, Steph. Not again. Dad ran off, Mom is going on her own, and if you leave me all alone, I... Words finally failed her, and I stepped forward and took her into my arms. 
She buried her face in my shoulder and wept, clutching my back like she was drowning and I was her only lifeline. I held her tight, kissing the top of her head and letting her pour it all out. No other girls, I promised. Just you, Bree. Her heaving breaths gradually steadied, and I gave her a squeeze. When finally she calmed down, she leaned up and kissed me. Nothing too heavy, just a simple and loving kiss as if to seal my promise. She backed away bashfully and mumbled something about freshening up before heading for the bathroom. I breathed a deep sigh of relief before rejoining Lexi in the living room. She looked up from her phone with worry, more when she noticed I was alone. Um, you guys okay? She asked hesitantly. Yeah, she's just in the bathroom, I replied, taking a seat on the couch. The beer bottles were gone, and it seemed Lexi had sobered up too. Oh, good, I guess. Listen, I'm sorry. Let's do something else, Bree suggested, forcing a casual tone. She walked back in, eyes still puffy from crying, but otherwise acting composed. I was thinking we could watch an episode of On the Waltz Floor. That was the name of her favorite serial we had watched. Anxious due to the subject matter, I watched both Bree and Lexi carefully. Bree had a kind of defiant determination set on her face. She wasn't about to have either of us talk her out of watching the next episode. Lexi, meanwhile, had all the signs of acquiescence, as if nothing would please her more than to watch Bree watch her serial. All that ruined the facade was a knowing smirk that flitted across her lips for the briefest of moments when Brie went to turn on the TV. I frowned quizzically at her, and she winked without looking at me. Brie started the episode, and it began shortly after where we left off. The young woman was confined to her room. Her father outraged that she had disobeyed him when the honor, reputation, and very future of their family rested in the hands of the duke she was betrothed to. The handsome guy is about to pull some Romeo shit. I thought, and as if on cue, something glanced off the woman's window. She opened it and found her dance partner standing below, grinning confidently and coaxing her to jump down into his arms. I almost groaned at how unrealistic it all was, and instead looked to the other girls watching the show. Bry's eyes were glittering with hope, hands clasped to her chest in cautious anticipation. Hopefully nothing was going to interrupt the unadulterated wish fulfillment that the show was setting up for. Past her, Lexi was watching Brie with a lazy smugness, that she also gave me a taste of when she wiggled her eyebrows at me. That sneaky bitch had already seen this episode. She knew where it was going, and she knew how much Brie wanted it. Realization dawned on me. Nothing had changed between me and Lexi. She still wasn't interested. What she was interested in was playing matchmaker. She knew. She fucking knew. Panicked, I looked back at Brie, who was fully engrossed with what was happening on screen. I turned back to the TV and there was a full-on sex scene happening between the young woman and her brother. This serial was behind a paywall, so no holds barred. It was undeniably softcore porn, playing right in the middle of Lexi's living room. Holy shit! I exclaimed, snapping Brie out of her lust-filled stupor. She scrambled for the remote control, fumbling with it before shutting it off. Her breathing was heavy, and it was impossible to tell if it was from her frantic reaction or what was just playing on screen. Lexi stifled a giggle, grabbing a throw pillow and hiding her face while gleefully peeking over the top. Without pause, Bree jumped to her feet and blurted, I think I'm done for the night, before literally running off. Lexi and I watched her go with very contrasting expressions on our faces. After we heard the door close, Lexi spoke up with a casual tone, as if discussing the weather. We have four bedrooms. One was converted into my dad's office. One is for my rents, and nobody's allowed in, especially while they're away. One is mine. So that leaves. My stomach rolled when I understood where she was going with this. We had fallen so completely into her trap. Dot 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 the last one, which is the guest room. Only one bed though, that's a shame. She checked her nails so calmly that it was hard not to get mad at her. I'll just take the couch, I said firmly, and she dropped all pretense. Oh, for fuck's sake, Stefan, will you just go to her? All the seductiveness she had used in her voice the past few days was completely gone. Otherwise I'm gonna kick you out and you can sleep on the street. Don't get me wrong, you fighting this is admirable. But now's not the time. We both know you want this too. Now get the fuck in there. I was stunned for a moment, words failing me utterly. Then I stood and walked to the guest room, my mind roiling with my clashing emotions. I knocked on the door and entered when there was no answer. The room was dark, and Brie was sitting on the bed with her legs forming an M shape in front of her. I closed the door behind me and went to sit on the edge of the bed. She hesitantly removed her shirt and pulled her hair out of her ponytail, letting her black locks flow over her shoulders. I guess we were doing this. I took off my shirt as well and crawled onto the bed with her. 
She shuffled back to give me room, and for a moment we just stared at each other in the darkness. Then she unbuttoned her jeans and leaned back, lifting her legs toward me. I gulped and helped her pull them off, revealing that her pink cotton panties matched her bra. Something Drew had said floated through my mind. If a girl is wearing matching underwear, she planned that shit. That shit referring to acts not to be partikin and by siblings. Bree leaned forward and unbuttoned my jeans as well. In the silence, I could hear her breathing. It was forcibly steadied, like she was trying to maintain control. Her hands were quivering though, and I ended up having to take my pants off myself. She stared at my erection through my boxers, biting her lip and frowning severely, probably asking herself if we were really doing this, same as me. She sat her day back again, and one of her hands went to her breast, fondling it through the fabric of her bra. The other hand went down between her legs, lightly pressing in and eliciting a small gasp from her. My mind was fighting a losing battle, screaming and shouting of how this was wrong and could get us in trouble echoed through my ears. Urgent theorizing of the possibility that Lexi would blackmail us. And it was all drowned out by a gentle whisper. A whisper saying I wanted this. She wanted this. I blinked. I want this. Bree whispered. Steph, you do it too. My willpower crumbled into dust. I pulled my hardness out from my underwear and earned another gasp from her. For a moment, she stopped her ministrations to study my length, making me shift uncomfortably. Then she resumed touching herself and I began going to work on myself as well. She slipped the fabric of her bra and panties to the side, her fingers pinching a nipple and dipping into her wetness. We sat her day there, just the two of us, watching each other give each other pleasure without exchanging a single touch. It was surreal, tantric, mesmerizing. She reached completion first, shuddering and bucking against her fingers, pushing her head down as if to curl up and hide her climax from me. The scene pushed me over the edge, and I splattered her belly with a white mess before panting and lying down with my head on a pillow. She took a moment to collect herself before joining me, pushing her back against my chest. And I pulled her against me and breathed in the scent of her hair. A mild fragrance of shampoo, mixed with feminine arousal. I fell asleep with her in my arms, feeling more at the edge of the abyss than I've ever felt. Part 2 of the series would be uploaded tomorrow. Make sure to keep you notification up to hear more about Brie. Also, our community launched a Patreon page for our podcast. For less than $3 a month, you can support our goals and make this a better audio erotica. That was one hot story from our friend. Make sure to listen to our episodes coming every few days. You can subscribe and donate to this podcast. It would help me do this every day. And for you to get alerted and not miss any of your friends' erotic stories.